0: It is so, so good to see all of you this morning. Um, not being able to be together last weekend, I felt like my right arm was cut off. It was, I mean, especially with Christmas and everything, it just really, really felt weird. And then uh, thank you for all, everyone who came out Friday night as we um, we did what we were hoping to do on Christmas Eve uh, I said on that night, if you were here, any time is a good time to celebrate the birth of the Savior of the world. Uh, But I have to admit, uh, doing it a few days later seemed weird, all right? Just weird. So I'm just glad we're able to be together this morning. Please continue to pray for the folks north of us, number of families were adversely affected by what went on there, and uh, they're going to need a lot, of, a lot of God's grace here in the days ahead. If when you came in this morning, you may have noticed that we have prepared uh, to share in the Lord's table together this morning, but before we do, I'd like to share a thought with you that uh, I don't believe I've ever shared this. Uh, Certainly not here at Pioneer, but I don't think anywhere I have the opportunity to speak out. Uh, So uh, I want to talk to you this morning for a few moments about the sacredness of time. The sacredness of time. I don't think it's uh, obviously this happens what once every seven years, where unless there's a leap year and things get messed up because of that, but uh, it happens once every seven years that we actually have church on New Year's Day, and uh, I don't know. I see a, a a prophetic sense about that at least this morning, and. <clears throat> all of us here this morning while different and coming from different walks of life we all have this we all have this in common all of us have the same amount of time each of us is given 24 hours a day to do with what we do right Nobody gets 25 hours. Nobody gets 23 hours. We all get the same amount of time. And what I want to show you this morning is God has declared that time sacred. Not just this hour or so that we do on Sundays, but every day you have is a sacred day. I'd like to define for you, or at least attempt to, this is somehow uh, in my mind when I first started thinking of it, it was crystal clear, and then as I started doing a little research and study, it became a little fuzzier, but I want to try to define time and space. Time, simply put, is the progression of events from the past to the future a big subject. There, the, the definition of time goes much deeper than that, but for our simple minds, my simple mind here this morning, time is simply a way we describe events that have, that have taken place, are taking place, and will yet take place in the future. Space is even more complicated than that. Space has a variety of meanings, meanings, but the one that relates to time is this, the unlimited three-dimensional realm or expanse in which all material objects are located and all events in time occur. Let me, let me, let me uh, boil that down for you. Space is about area, place. Think of it in those terms, right? Now, God declared time to be holy first. Before he ever talked about space being holy, he talked about time being holy. And I want to read to you out of Genesis chapter 2. It's out of the creation account. Verses 2 and 3 says this. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating he had done. On the seventh day, we call it the Sabbath, God declared that holy. The seventh day, Sabbath, is a way of describing time. It's a day, right? So he made, he sanctified, if you will, he set apart and made holy, yes, the seventh day, but in doing the seventh day, he made time itself sacred. Did did I lose you? Now, a little bit later on in Exodus, you may remember this, when, when God approached Moses through a voice in a burning bush, and Moses went over to ins- investigate what was going on there, in that moment, God said, take off your sandals for this place, space, that you are standing is holy ground. Now we usually we don't we usually at least as Christians we don't have a hard time relating to that. Like I hear people say, uh, you know, when referring to the church building itself, some people understand that place to be sacred, to be holy, right? So a lot of times we don't we don't have a problem understanding that God has made uh, made places holy sacred special right but a lot of time a lot of time we don't think of time in that way and so this morning i'd like to try to get you to wrap your brain around the idea of time being sacred the very first commandment god gave to israel as a nation Was at the moment when they were leaving their slavery and bondage in Egypt. And God was about to bring them out of their captivity and into uh, a new land, right? This is the Israel, the, the nation Israel now. He's freeing them up from their bondage, their oppression. And in that moment, this is what God says to Aaron and Moses. This is in Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month, that's a way of describing time. We measure time different ways. We measure We measure minutes and hours and whatnot with a watch. We measure uh, days, weeks, months with calendars, right? We got our new family calendar at Christmas this year with our grandsons on it, and and as each month passes, we we put we I don't know if we fold down or put up which way we do it. We we put up, and the new month appears right. So there's different ways we go about measuring uh, time. So in this case, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, "This month." is to be for you the first month. The first month of the year. It is important to note that God saw their exodus from Egypt as as a start of a new order of life for Israel. Remember, this is what he said, this month is to be to you the first month of the year. Now, if you know anything about Israel's, uh, 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 I'll call it religious timing calendar, you would know that their the first of their year starts at Passover. So we're, we're using a different calendar, right? Our new year starts chronologically today, January 1. In Israel's sacred calendar, that is not true. Their new year starts on the month of Passover, Exodus, the Exodus, the passing over, the coming out of Egypt into the new place that God had for them. Just as we measure days of the week, Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we measure months from January, February, March, April, May, they, in their calendar, their, their a scriptural calendar, I'll call it, begin their new year on the month of Passover. Now, there's a reason for that. The reason is, is, is that every time they begin a new year, they are looking to be reminded of what God did for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like the Passover for them is a big, big, big deal because it reminds them that they were once in bondage and slavery and that God brought them out of that bondage and slavery into something new uh, for them, right? Now, I want to read to you, this is a, this is a uh, Jewish rabbi, Rabbi uh, Sephorno. I believe is how you pronounce his last name, this is what he, he makes commentary about this, God uh, starting their calendar year, their months uh, on the month of Passover. This is what he says. God is saying that this month shall be for you the beginning of months. Henceforth, the months of the year shall be yours to do with them as you will. During your days of bondage, your time did not belong to you, but were used to serve others and fulfill their wills. This month shall be the first month of the year for you, for this is the month your, listen, this is the important part, this is the month your existence as a people of free choice began. On the first two nights during the celebration of Passover, the Jews read what's called a what's called the I'm, I'm going to butcher it even though I listened to it multiple times. Haggadah. They read this the uh, some stuff that's written and they recite it on the first two nights of Passover. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read to you. I read it myself and I just I boiled it down to give you some key points to what it is that they read. When they read the Haggadah, it states that everyone in in each progressive generation should, should see themselves as have personally been brought out of slavery and bondage and into the place that God was bringing them. In other words, we typically, uh, we typically think of historic things as something that happened to someone else back at a point in time. But when they read this, they're calling people to see themselves as some of those very people that God brought out of their slavery and bondage and into the new place that he was bringing them into. During this season of time, during this Passover time, this remembering the Exodus time, it is a time, this is a time for them to take time to reflect. It is a time for them to set new priorities. It is a time for them to take seriously the time. That God has given them. I I want to quote to you just one particular part of that which they read. This is what it says This moment is a sacred place in time when the month of Exodus Passover became for us the beginning and center of our existence. I hope I haven't lost anybody yet. I want to point out to you this morning that this is not the first time that God God did something special on the first day of the first month of the first of of a, of a new year. In Genesis chapter eight verse six, we read, "By the first day of the first month." of Noah's 601st year. Noah is 601 years old, but on this occasion, on the first day of the first month of the new year, it says the water had dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. This was a day for them of new beginnings. The old was gone, was literally washed away. And it was on the first day of the first month of Noah's 601 years of being alive. I find it very insightful that Jesus used the occasion of the last Passover he would celebrate with his followers to install and institute what we now know to be communion or the Lord's Supper. Now I believe there's a there there is a host of reasons why God used that occasion to uh, to set this reminder in place for us. A whole host of reasons. But today I'd like to suggest that in that, in what he was doing, he knew the significance of Passover to the Jews of the day. And he wanted this moment to be, for them to be able to see it as a new beginning. A fresh start, if you will. And here we are today on the first day of the first month of a new year. As it was for the Jewish people at Passover, the Lord's table is an opportunity for you and I to reflect. This is a moment, a sacred moment, when we have the opportunity for reflection. and i would like to suggest to us this morning that just like just like the hebrew people were asked to see themselves as have, have as having personally come out of bondage and into the new place this is an opportunity for you and i to reflect the amazing work of grace that God has done in our lives. This is nothing short of a miracle. This is, you know, people say, people say, well, why don't we see more miracles? You are seeing a miracle right now. It's right in front of you. Do you know the biggest miracle to ever take place is the change in the human heart? is to have a hard heart become soft that that is the biggest miracle you will ever see because in case you haven't noticed yet it's really easy for us to stay hard <laughs> right. i meet i meet people sometimes that seem seem not overly happy or joyful about their salvation and, and and I think in that is it's because I think people, probably for a variety of reasons, but I think sometimes people lose sight of what God brought them out of. And maybe you're here this morning and say, "Well, you know, I you know, I, I wasn't that bad a person. I was just a I was just a little off center, right?" I, you know, I, wa- I wasn't way down deep in a pit someplace. I was just a little off center. Listen, if if you're lost, it doesn't matter if you're lost by an inch or you're lost by a mile. You're lost. Doesn't matter. You know, you might have been a righteous sinner. You don't have you don't have the testimony that some have, have as having gone you know, all the way down to the bottom of the pit, right? But listen, it's still amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It's still, it doesn't matter whether it's an inch or a mile. It makes no difference. God found you. You found God. That's, when we reflect upon that, when we take a moment on the first day of the first month of a new year to reflect upon that, that should cause the joy of our salvation to return to us. You shouldn't shouldn't be walking around with a dour spirit, a dour heart. As we come to this table It's an opportunity for us to be reminded that we have been set free. Whatever bondages you found yourself in, you have been set free. Now, I realize we have been set free, we are being set free, and by God's grace, one day we will ultimately be set free. But I'm telling you this morning, you have, you have, I have been set free set free no longer in darkness i see the light i see it it's a sacred moment in time and space to look back at a moment in time when the month of exodus became for us the beginning and center of our existence I once was dead, I once was dead, but now am alive forevermore. A time to remember that we are a new creation in Christ. Paul said it this way, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. There is no better time to be reminded of that and to reflect upon that than the first day of the first month of a new year as we come to the Lord's table. But this is not just a time to reflect upon God's great grace. It's also a time and a moment in time for us to set some fresh priorities. I did some research this week on the on the history of of New Year's resolutions. Did you ever wonder where that all came about, how it got started? Probably not. (laughs) I see Bucky shaking his head, no. (laughs) What if I told you this morning that this idea of making New Year's resolutions, they, they say, dates all the way back to the ancient Babylonians? over 4,000 years ago. They were also the one to start holding uh, very massive celebrations to bring in the new year. It was a 12-day religious festival known as, mean, I can't pronounce the word, Akitu, I think. Now, this is what their, their thing was all about, Uh, The Babylonians, on that day, on the first day of the first month of the new year, they would crown a new king or reaffirm the one who was already in place. On that day, they also made promises to God to pay their debts and return any objects that they had borrowed. (laughs) Maybe it's a good time right now to be reminded... Uh, to my children, my grandchildren, if you 've borrowed anything, today is a good day to be reminded of that. Bring it, please bring it back. bring it back. And for those of you who've borrowed church tables and church chairs, you can bring those back as well. to bring objects that they had borrowed back. These promises could be considered, these promises could be considered the forerunners to New Year's resolutions. If the Babylonians kept to their word, their pagan gods would bestow favor on them for the coming year. If not, they would fall out of favor with their gods, a place no one would want to be. Rome, Rome later on picked up on this Babylonian practice. Believing that Janus, the, the two-headed face god, the one who symbolically looked backwards into the previous year and ahead into the future, the Romans offered sacrifices to the deity and made promises of good conduct for the coming year. Now, not to be outdone, because God knows we as Christians cannot uh, be, be stand to be. Uh, outdone some of you have probably heard of this man before his name uh, John Wesley Wesleyan movement he began he he felt called on a New Year's Eve for some and New Year's Day for others to offer a special, a special service called a watch night service I was sharing with Ryan Luce last night, when we were standing around talking about some things is the church I grew up in in Pennsylvania uh, never had a Christmas Eve service, but they always had a New Year's Eve service, and it was actually called, uh, I didn't know it until I read this, it was actually called a watch night service. And they, you know, did a variety of things. Uh, some of the things that they mentioned in here are actually the things that we did. There was a hymn sing, and uh, you know a, a brief sermon so forth and so on and then they would always hold communion right at midnight uh, and kids you know uh, today we're in that that stage where you know kids have got to get their rest so and so on back then kids didn't get their rest right <laughs> yes, you were right there beside your parents in the pews and uh, you know you were you were uh, you were there these watch night services were uh, were done to pray in the new year and make resolution, res, uh, resolutions for the coming uh, days of the new year. Now, um, I wanted to say to us this morning, I don't know whether you're in the habit of, oh, I did read this. I, I wanted to tell you this. Uh, this is kind of a sad ending to what I read. Um it says while for as many as 45% of Americans say they make uh, New Year's resolutions, only 8% are successful. 8%. Yeah, 8%. <clears throat> I want to say to us, there is nothing we need to do to appease God. He already did everything that needed doing. That's why we're celebrating this this morning. But I will say on the heels of that, there are some things that you and I can do to promote a healthy relationship with God and at the same time do some things that are good for us. I'd like to read to you two passages of Scripture. The first is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13, and then verse 16. Remember, we've been set free, right? Paul writes, he says, Do not use your freedom to indulge in this sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And a few verses later, he says, Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Then I'd like to read to you a more extended passage from Ephesians chapter 5. Paul, same author, writes and says, So be careful how you live. Be mindful of your steps. Don't run around like idiots as the rest of the world does. Instead, Walk as wise. Make the most of every every living and breathing moment because these are evil times. So understand and be confident in God's will and don't live thoughtlessly. Don't drink wine excessively. The drunken path is a reckless path. It leads nowhere. Instead, let God fill you with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit, you are empowered to speak to each other in the soulful words of songs, hymns, spiritual songs. You're able to make, to sing and make music with your hearts attuned to God and to give thanks to God the Father every day through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, for all He has done. Somebody say Amen. The common theme that I hear Paul saying here in these verses is to have more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. If we were to make any resolution today, you know, I maybe you're going to try the no chocolate route or one of those things for a while. I don't know. But I would say the greatest resolution we could make here this morning if we were to make one is more of you and less of me. More of you and less of me. I'm going to invite the elders if they'll make their way forward to serve us and the worship team to come back to the platform. I say to you this morning, The only way that we, the only way, the only, the only way you and I have any chance of our priorities matching up with God's priorities is to have more of Holy Spirit living and dwelling in our hearts and lives. That's the only way. So, We are here today on the first day of the first month of a new year to be sure it's a time for us to spend some moments of reflection, to be thankful for our deliverance, to be thankful for God opening the eyes of our hearts. But it's also a time for us to make a fresh, commitment, a fresh start, a fresh beginning by asking God to fill our lives anew on this first day of the first month of a new year to start it out by opening up our our, our mouths, our hearts, our lives and saying God, I, in this year ahead, I want to be continually filled with your Holy Spirit. Continually filled. As each day comes and each, day, each breath you give me every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month you give me, Lord, is sacred time. It is holy time. You have declared it as such. And so every, every, every breath I breathe, every thought I think, every, every action I take, that it would be filled with your Spirit, Lord. This is a time for you and I to embrace what God, the new things God has for us. The old has gone the new has come Kathy Whippy called she was not feeling well as she said earlier this week and she called to talk to me about a couple of things but in the midst of that she said uh, you know I was reading she was reading scripture and She was reminded of a passage in Luke chapter 24, verses 30 and 31, where Jesus was having a meal with his disciples. This is after the resurrection. And there they are, about ready to share in a meal together. The opening salvo of their time together commenced, and it says Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he began to give give it to them. And it says about them, it says, in that moment their eyes were opened. They 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 saw something, something shifted, something changed in that moment. And that's my prayer as we come to the Lord's table this morning and we share in the uh in, in his body and we share in his blood as we as we take these elements and and we begin to make them personal to us. That God would open the eyes of our hearts on this first day of this first month of this new year. That God would open the eyes of our hearts afresh and that we might might see him in yet a greater way. You know, somebody said to me one time that Christianity is like riding a bicycle. You're either moving forward or you're falling off. There has to be a certain engagement, a certain momentum, if you will, a certain looking at each new day as it comes as an opportunity to grow closer to the Lord to have more of his presence in my life and to for me to be making a difference, a big difference, a bigger difference in the world around me. I want you to take this moment right now and let God speak to your hearts. Maybe you're here, maybe you're here today and you, uh, you know, I've said all that I've said, and you're like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. I want to say to you this morning, if you're here and you're, you you got the big puzzle question mark over your heart right now, I just want to say, open up your heart and let Jesus in. Let this be not just the first day of the first month of a new year, but let it be the, your new beginning, the, the day of your existence coming into view. Open up your heart to him. Tell him you want him to be who he said he was for you, Lord and Master, Savior of the world. I'd like us to just take a minute. Uh, I thank you for playing some music in the background. But uh, before we start singing and serving the element, I just want us to pause. Just pause. You can keep playing. You're fine. That's good. But let's just pause. Let's let's find that let's let's find that sacred place right now. Just you and the Lord. Just you and the Lord. And just begin to, to tell him how much you love him. Thank him for. His touch in your life. And then just begin to pray and ask Him to fill your life with more of His presence. Take a moment right now. To serve the the elements of his body and the blood uh, and if you could just wait until everyone's been served and we'll we'll share in it together
1: Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains, My orphan heart was given in me. My, heart in. my morning grew quiet, my feet rose to tears. Death. death was the rescue, my life began. Oh, you're cleansed, so. Washes over me. You have made me new now that begins with you. I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom he faithfully bore, and he canceled my death, He called me his friend when death was arrested in my life. He is over me you have made me new now life begins with you it's your endless love pouring down us you have made us new now life
2: begins
0: Passover, they are encouraged to see themselves as each having personally been brought out of bondage. A lot of times when we talk about the cross and we talk about this moment of the Lord's table, we we think Jesus loved the whole world, which he did and does. But I would ask you to look right now at that emblem of his body you hold in your hand and to see yourself. He did that. He has done this personally for you. Not just the world. He has done this for you. Lord, we thank you that here we stand in in a new year of 2023 And yet what you did some 2,000-plus years ago, Lord, is as real and relevant in this moment as it was when you first did it, Lord. We thank you for your body, Lord. We thank you that you gave it for us to free us of our bondage, so that we might walk in your light. Thank you. Let us partake together.
1: Our savior, a savior displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoices though heaven and lost. Then Jesus who rose, our freedom in hand.
2: Of each day, we're free, free forever. Amen. That's the rest of my life. Please.
1: Your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with. Your endless love pouring down Have made us new now
0: was mentioned earlier on in our service about God washing away all the debris from this past year. There's no greater cleansing cleansing agent than his blood. Lord, as we Take into our very bodies, into our very lives, the emblem of your blood this morning. We pray that for us, it would be a washing, Lord. It would be a cleansing. That the, the blood of your forgiveness, Lord, would, would make us new, like brandy new. Please receive our thanks. Jesus' name. Let's partake together. I'm going to invite you to stand. They're going to be passing some baskets for your cups there. If you would stand, please. Before we go out on a song, I'd like to read this to you as a blessing on your way out. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I, have ta- I, I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make a covenant with you at, uh, as my people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Verse 9 of Isaiah 42. See the former things have taken place and new things I declare to you. Even before they spring into being, I'm announcing them to you. Lord, as we go from this place on the first day of the first month of a new year, Lord, we anxiously await the new things that you are going to do in us and through us as we go from this place. We pray, I pray, your blessing on all of us in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you as you go out into this new year. You got a song for us as we go out?
2: Maybe we could just sing. We're free, free, forever we're free. Come join the
0: song. Don't forget, there's prayer available up here. Prophetic team over here. Come and take advantage of it.